0: And book your free consult today.
1: Are you listening? Damn.
0: And welcome into another episode of The Damn Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network and powered by BeaverBlitz.com. I'm your host, Carter Baines, and I'm joined, as always, by Beaver BeaverBlitz.com publisher, Angie Machado. And today, we have another guest on. Uh, Eric Machado is part of our, uh, our our prediction podcast here as we go down the Oregon State uh, football schedule for 2022 we may have another Beaver Blitz guest, uh, you know, staffer or, or two join us along the line here, uh, but the three of us are gonna are gonna get started uh, in in just a second here. But I want to introduce, of course, Angie and Eric. Angie, how's your uh, your final weekend before the college football season going? And, and did you watch any Week Zero action yesterday?
1: I did. We watched we watched some. My in laws are in town, so um, we're trying to entertain them. And I, I see the comments here, Connor Johnson. Yes. I should have poured myself a nice Sunday Pinot for the patio, but I did not. But we were just up at a winery up here, um at Sherwood. We went and watched a little live band, took the in-laws up there. Beautiful view. So uh, shout out to Avidity Wines. But I stopped. I probably should have kept drinking because I would have been really witty and funny. But... She would have
0: picked Oregon State to go to the Rose Bowl.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Nat- <laughs> national championship. But um, no, I stopped. I'm good. Um, but no, I did. I-, I watched a little bit of the Hawaii Vandy game. I watched a little bit of that Nebraska um, Northwestern game, and then watched a little um, New Mexico State, Nevada. So, um, kind of fun just to see college football back.
0: I'm sure Eric was right there tuned in
2: too, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, nothing better than waking up and uh, watching a game in Dublin, Ireland. I'm jealous because I wish we were there. That would be wouldn't that have been unbelievable. fun with the free
0: beer? Did you, but, you yeah, because their uh, internet That's great timing. Era talks yes. about the internet, internet being down. down. and he, <laughs> it cuts out. It <laughs> cuts out. Just great. What's going timing. on here? I just came off the golf go.
2: course, so it's a little, <laughs> it's a little sketchy. But uh, yeah, the internet was down, so they had free beer, right? Um, pretty sweet, pretty sweet deal. But
1: you better go grab a beer because your internet's not doing too too swift there. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. And hopefully
0: the uh, hopefully the Nebraska fans were taking advantage of that because.
2: To
1: drown sure their they, were, uh,
0: yeah, they, they were probably not too thrilled with what they were watching on the field. Uh, Scott Frost, of course, getting off to a rough start, and that. Uh, probably what's a, a make-or-break year for him. But this is an Oregon State podcast, so we are uh, going to go down the line and pick the result of every game on Oregon State's 2022 football schedule. Um, as I mentioned, we, we may or may not have a couple of more Beaver Blitz staffers come on and join us here. Uh, but for now, the three of us are going to get things started. First, I, I just want to mention BeaverBlitz.com. Right now is your, is absolutely the place to be as we gear up for game day and and for game week. Angie and I will be down in Corvallis tomorrow on Monday for Jonathan Smith's first weekly press conference of the season. Uh, he'll name a starting quarterback. We'll get a Willie chart. Carter.
1: Will do you think well, he will?
0: I, I mean, he didn't he didn't promise it. No, I guess. Which we'll is just weird. Anyway, we'll we've talked it. a
1: lot about it, but it's weird that he's not. We expect we all know who it is. We expect, we expect. that Chance
0: Nolan will be yes. named the starting quarterback tomorrow, uh, when we're down there. Oh, but shit. Beaver Blitz throughout the week will have all sorts of preview content. Um, you know, takeaways from Jonathan Smith's press conference. We'll preview the matchup with Boise State, uh, and we'll give our our game predictions later in the week. All sorts of good stuff. If you're familiar with what we do at Beaver Blitz, we are we're not taking anything away, and we're we're adding to. Uh, what we did last year. So it's going to be fun and, and it'll be fun to get back to the structure of, of the season, but this is a predictions podcast. And so we're going to start things off uh, before we, before we waste any more time uh, with, with this weekend's game against Boise state. So Oregon state opened as a four point favorite, according to the Vegas, you know, the sports books and and whatnot. Right now it's down to two and a half to three and a half. You can, you can, uh, you can get in anywhere in that range. And I'm not going to start. I'm going to pass this off to one of you guys to make the pick first. But I think this is one of the more intriguing matchups of the season. I think that line is, you know, I think it's fair being within a field goal. Obviously, home field advantage is is considered to be three points. So I think Vegas sees this as a toss up. And I'm kind of in the same boat there.
1: I completely agree. I think this game is a, is a tough game. I think Boise State's defensive backfield is... Um, super strong, and maybe not as strong as Oregon State's, but I think it could give the passing game some fits, especially since we've talked about for weeks, Carter, um, that Oregon State's really their weakness is the passing game, in our opinion. So, um, if Oregon State's going to have success, it's going to have to be in a dink and dunk type fashion and running the football. Um, this I, I do see it as a toss up, but I think the home field advantage, and I think this giving having the extra time to work, I, I will give the nod to Oregon State to win this game.
2: Yeah, the three points obviously is you know, home field is, that's the three points. So it's, it's a absolute toss up, you know, both teams were seven and five, seven and five last year, um, before the bowl games, we lost to a team that, that they lost to, I think they lost to Utah state also it's close. I mean, yeah, we got to win it though. I mean, Oregon state has to win this game. I think to start the season off, uh, especially with the, the following week, which we'll talk about, but, um, They need to get off on the right foot. They need to start the season off on the right foot at home. Um, And I I predict that they will.
0: It's a tough one. I I mean, really, I think we all could see it going either way, just because Boise State has always been a tough out, not only for Oregon State, but for the rest of the Pac-12. And it doesn't just apply to to Boise State. I, I think we see it with a lot of Mountain West teams. And particularly last year, I know the Mountain West piled up a pretty impressive record against Uh, this conference. So I think, you know, where Oregon state stands, as far as, you know, needing to make a statement that it's not, you know, destined for the mountain West after realignment settles down. Uh, it's, you know, if Oregon state really does want to reach that, that goal of being a PAC 12 championship type contender, uh, this is a game that they should and, and really need to win. I'm going to give it to them too. I, I think Oregon state comes out hungry. You know, I think this team is really motivated. Um, they could catch Boise State sleeping a little bit on them. I think you know, outside of outside of Corvallis, a lot of people aren't necessarily as high on the Beavers as as this team is themselves. And I know that the media that that covers Boise State is is a lot higher on Boise State than they are on Oregon State. So I think uh, Oregon State, in some way, is is kind of playing with house money here. I, I don't think a lot of people expect them to be ultra competitive. Um, in, in some of the tougher matchups that they face this year, and, and I think this falls into that category, but I do think Oregon State, with that motivation, um, is, is going to come out with uh, you know with its with its hair on fire. And I, I think at the end of the day, Oregon State is more talented too, so it's not going to be a blowout, and it's it could very well come down to a, a last minute field goal. But I see Oregon State pulling this one out and, and getting off to a good start.
1: Okay, Great. all three pick W's.
0: So, did we jinx it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're way past jinx at this. Point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We'll see. Uh, a, a comment just came in from Chris Conrad saying, "To be honest, I'm more worried about Fresno than Boise." And I think I'm I'm in that boat too. We're gonna let's use that as a segue to yeah. transition into into week two here. Oregon State goes down to Fresno State. Uh, taking the trip down to the Central Valley, September 10th.
1: Wait, I thought that was never supposed to happen ever again after 2001 or whatever. That Oregon State was never going back to Fresno. Somebody did not tell Scott Barnes this memo.
0: <laughs> it has all of the makings of a trap game, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, They've been fun- back
2: a couple times. man. There's Stephen Jackson year um, in 2004, I believe. Um, but yeah, that 2001 game was, was a beyond a trap game. When we were what ranked number one by the
1: Sports Illustrated, by Sports Illustrated on the Tanks. cover, <laughs>
2: and it, they ran into a buzzsaw there. We were there. I was
1: there. I said never, I would never go back never to Fresno. Never been
2: back to Fresno since. But uh,
0: and yeah. I'm I'm not planning on going. I think it's one of the. It might be the only game that I'm not planning on going to. I haven't decided Arizona State down the line, but I've already got you know things planned for for a couple others. Uh, but I don't. I don't think any of the Beaver Blitz crew is is making the trip down to Fresno. Uh, but let's okay, so- let's talk about it. So, mm-hmm. Oregon State, coming off of a, a tough Week One matchup against Boise State, gets the team that I think the Broncos are going to be battling with for the Mountain West title in Fresno State. Jake Hayner is the quarterback there once again, uh, led a, a very prolific offense down there a year ago. Jeff Tedford comes back as as head coach for his second stint uh, at Fresno State. Offensive-minded coach. I think Fresno State's going to be tough.
2: Absolutely, I-, I totally agree with you, Carter. I mean, first road game of the year—never an easy place to play. I mean, it's not like it was in 2001; it won't be. But um, yeah, people will be excited down there. Ch- Tedford, like you said, is back. They went 10 and three last year. Yeah, um, that's a that's a solid team, and and going on the road. I just I don't. You know, right now I'm saying, no, they're not going to win. Or, you know, Beavers aren't going to win this game. So, But you see it being close, though? I, oh, it should be competitive. Yeah. I mean, Oregon State should be competitive in every game. I thought they were competitive. I mean, they were competitive in every game. And that's what, we, you know, we want to see as a program, this, this Oregon State program, getting to a point where even if they lose, they're not getting blown out. I mean, we were all here the last, you know, Gary Anderson years where it was –
0: the last decade Blowout almost city, at this point <laughs> which
2: yeah i mean it was insane but but we're competitive now losses will still happen but um chance to win every single game this game at fresno right now without seeing anything uh you know I might i could change my mind the the week of the game but right now i don't see a victory
0: yeah you don't have to go too far back in in oregon state football history to find blowout losses to mountain West teams. I I think back to the season opener at Colorado state back in 2017, when Oregon state, Oregon state lost by about three or four touchdowns. Um, I don't see this being a blowout by any means. I, I, in fact, Oregon state could very well, if if not win this lead for most of it, I think it's going to be competitive. It's going to be a tough, tough environment, you know, going down there playing in potentially hundred degree heat. Um, you know, I, there should be a decent contingent of Oregon State fans, but I, I do think that Fresno State fans show out. Um, that that campus, that university, and that stadium are all deceptively actually quite large, um, very comparable to Oregon State. So it's not an easy environment. It's a team that poses uh, a, a lot of matchup problems, and I think offensively is, is still going to be pretty tough this year. So I'm going with a loss as well. I just think, you know, it's it's tough to look at Oregon State's non-conference and say that they're going to win all three of those games. And if I'm going to be forced to pick, you know, a, a loss in one of those three, I think it's most likely to come in Fresno.
1: I had a loss too. I don't really have anything else different to add. So um, I just, all the reasons you guys both mentioned, it's going to be a tough road game. they are going it, to pick a loss. Oh just to three. clarify,
2: we did, we did not compare notes. We did not. No. Show, no. So I have no idea what these other two are.
0: We just happen these to be theory. like-minded individuals here for the first two <laughs> weeks. I have a feeling there are going to be a well, couple of third, divisive games coming up. Third, here.
1: I think the third week we probably all agree as well with uh, moving yeah. into Montana State.
0: We probably don't need to spend a ton of time on no. this one, but <laughs> Oregon State does get somewhat of a, a, a comfy landing coming back to the Beaver State uh, after that tough road matchup. Uh, This game against Montana State on September 17th will be played in Portland at Providence Park. So it's a neutral site game, but still counts, I believe, technically as a home game for Oregon State. I I don't think this goes down as a neutral site game, um, even though they're not playing in Corvallis. Uh, But Montana State comes in after finishing as the FCS national runner-up last year. Um, Made a run all the way through the, uh, the FCS playoffs and lost to North Dakota State in the championship game. Didn't put up a huge fight. In in that game, but you know North Dakota State I think is still head and shoulders above most programs in FCS. Uh, but that doesn't take away anything from last year's Montana State team, which was you know considerably better than than most of the other competition uh, that came out of that level. So I think it makes for one of the tougher FCS matchups this year. You know they have a lot of talent coming back um, as far as FCS recruiting goes. They have recruited very well. Uh, and that program has consistently been very good. So this shouldn't be a, you know, like a pushover, but Oregon state should still win comfortably. This is an FCS program. They're playing, you know, scholarship limits, uh, you name it. It's a big sky team. Oregon state should win and, and should win comfortably, but don't be surprised if at halftime the Beavers maybe only have a seven or 10 point lead, but I, I yeah, will pick a win here.
1: There, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Jeffrey Manning's still on that roster. So, yeah. you know, this is a, a team that has some former you know, power five guys that just went up looking for playing time. So still some talent and, and I would say some pretty decent talent when you're, when you're looking across board, but I pick a W as well.
2: Yeah. FCS always a little bit of a concern. We've seen losses before every year there's losses, not, not, you know, from, from uh, D one, I always call it D one and, one double a uh, back in the day but we've you know uh, oregon state has lost to uh, montana's and they lost to a sack state which was the worst loss in program history in my opinion um
0: i was there and, for that one
2: yeah yes i, I were, saw, and, saw
0: them lose to, to vernon adams not Cooper that i'm Top saying and, that that's
2: going to happen here yeah, but you know montana state was that 10 Eastern 12 Washington, and 3 yeah. as carter said they were you know runner-ups last year to the for the championship. Eastern Washington has been a solid team in that league for for years and years that that Oregon State has lost to. Um, Oregon State should win this game absolutely, and at this point in the program, in Johnson Smith's tenure, they should win this game. So they'll have you know they'll come out with a W. It, like you said, Carter, it could be closer than than yeah. we like.
0: And again, like we said with Oregon State and Mountain West teams, you don't have to go that far back to see Pac twelve yeah. teams losing to FCS teams. I mean, last year alone. Last year. Arizona lost to Northern Arizona, Mm -hmm. Washington lost to Montana, Um, two teams that weren't necessarily vying for a PAC 12 title like Oregon state hopes to this year. Um, But again, you know, these, these upsets do happen and and Oregon state fans know all too well.
1: I I just don't like, I don't like the matchup. I don't, I I don't know why, you know, a power five team, because there's nothing in it for, for a power five team, you know, for an Oregon state and, the you know Montana State so the world have everything to gain. It's like their Super Bowl. So um yeah, I just I'm not a fan, but hopefully it's a good tune up for USC the next week.
0: Do you guys like that they're playing it after two Mountain West teams? Because I know, you know, oftentimes teams will schedule an FCS opponent in week one as kind of a you know welcome back to football type thing. Here's your your ramp up. Um but Oregon State in a way gets you know, they, they kind of get thrown into the fire against Boise State and Fresno State. And then after that, they have this this FCS matchup, which has kind of been how Oregon State's done it in the last few years. Do you prefer that, or would you rather have that quote-unquote cupcake matchup in, in week one?
1: I, I like I like the way this is set up better just because it gives you that motivation during fall camp and, and right out the gate to to be ready. I think it, um, you know, when you play a cupcake right out of the gate, it, it kind of can just let let bad habits kind of linger and they're going to have to come out ready to play Boise state. So they can get some of that stuff. I don't know. Then you have sec who plays like three cupcakes a year. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can always have the cupcake debate, but um, no, that I think sound good by the way, that's really coming <laughs> off of, you know, if they do have a loss at Fresno, you know, there should be no excuse to overlook mm-hmm. anybody at that point. And, you know, coming back, Playing in a different location, you know, Providence Park's going to be a bit of a different setup um, for football. And don't count is.
0: out the Montana State fan base. I think they yeah. show uh, up pretty um, well for that
2: absolutely. game. Absolutely. But, um, you know, Oregon State should win this game. Jonathan Smith's fifth year in the program. So
0: Yeah. That brings it close to the non-conference portion of the 2022 schedule. Oregon State, you know, they, they start the year with tough matchups against the Mountain West. And then conference opens with another couple of, of of really tough games as well. I think Oregon State plays arguably the two best teams in the Pac 12 back to back weeks to open uh conference play. The first of those being USC, which comes into to research stadium, currently ranked number 14. Obviously that'll probably change between now and, and September twenty fourth.
1: And what have they done to deserve a fourteenth yeah, ranking? Oh, <laughs> oh the transfer portal
0: like, and, and what the, the hell it's the I transfer portal and uh Lincoln Riley
1: I, think, I guess. And but USC. The Trojans
0: come in with, um, you know, they'll, they'll be speaking of hostile environments. I think research, even at half capacity, you know, with the the West side being closed off during construction, uh, it, the Oregon State faithful is not going to make this game easy on the Trojans. I, I think Oregon State fans have felt very marginalized during this whole realignment period because of what USC has done. Uh, and part of that, you know, I think they're going to take their frustration out on, on a USC team that is probably in all reala- reality making its last trip to research for the foreseeable future.
1: School will be back in session. It's going to be rowdy. And like you said, probably the last time we see USC in research stadium. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on the limb. I, I think this is a win for Oregon state. Oh, I think okay. um they, I think they finished that non-conference two and one. Um I think they're re-energized when USC comes to town. And I think we see the Biebs firing on all cylinders. And I think they, kind of take the, the Trojans behind the woodshed. And I think it's a, I don't even know if it's going to be close. I actually think Oregon State will roll in this game.
0: It wasn't close last year. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't call. Uh, no, I'm not calling for anyone taking anybody behind the woodshed in this game, especially <laughs> Oregon State. But um I do like the matchup. I think it's crazy that they're ranked where they are. They went four and eight last year. They, you know three and six in the, in conference in a, in a week. Con- I mean, what would be considered a week conference, conference, right? Yeah. Um, if, if Lincoln Riley flips that to a, a 10 and two, nine and three season, that's, you know, he is, a, he's that's worth every coaching. penny. Yeah Absolutely. But team t- normally, I mean, that would be an amazing turnaround. Um, I think they're still early, uh, new, new, um, system in place clearly new quarterback um, I think we catch them uh, at home and and pull out the victory. I, see, yeah, I think, I see I think big... catching
1: them early like Eric said I think catching yeah. them early before they maybe have had t- complete time to gel it is the same defensive line that they had last year that Oregon mm-hmm. State was able to, to run on um, I think one so interesting they... thing is they play Fresno
2: State the week before so we played Fresno and then they play Fresno. Okay. At home, they get them at home and then they play and then we play. So we'll have a pretty, we'll have, you know, at least a comparable um, prior to that week.
0: We can play the whole numbers game where, you yeah. know, Oregon State yeah. lost by this much, USC yep. won by that much. You know, how does that compare? Uh, we win the national championship. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so the Machados are both going with a win here against USC. I, I can see it, particularly because Oregon State already did it last year. But I, I just think that this USC team is so different already from what Oregon State saw last year. Um, that number 14 ranking, it's too high in my book. But I do think that picking USC to finish in the top three or four in the conference is it's probably where it belongs. Yeah, uh, Lincoln Riley, coaching-wise – just what he brings to the table right away is, is so much more than USC ever had with Clay Helton. And of course, when Oregon state faced him last year, Dante Williams was the interim Lincoln Riley is, you know, head and shoulders above them as far as coaching ability goes. And then I think what USC did in the transfer portal this year, landing the number one transfer class, getting Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Travis die. I mean, three guys at their respective positions that are considered to be among the best in college football, Um, Those are huge additions. Uh, They also get Brendan Rice from, from Colorado uh, who was the Buffalo's leading receiver last year. That offense is going to be so much better than it was last year. Uh, They have some veteran veteran guys on the offensive line. So I think USC is going to score a lot of points this year. um, As I noticed, we just lost Eric. We lost Eric. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we get him back here in just a second, but there he is. I'll pop him back in. He's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back.
1: Well, you left us.
0: Uh, um, no, I, I think this USC offense is, is going to be a lot better than it was last year. To Angie's point, the defense, I don't think saw the upgrades uh, via the portal that the offense did. So Oregon State should be able to score the ball. Uh, it Could be one of the more higher scoring games on, on Oregon State's schedule. I just think, you know, USC, they'll have the motivation of last year. They have more talent. If Oregon State is going to lose a home game this year, it's this one. Uh, Oregon State, of course, went undefeated at home last year. I'm picking that streak to end in this game. Um, but I, I could see it flipping the other way. I do think it's a very winnable game for an Oregon State team that has Pac-12 title aspirations. Okay. But the following week, Oregon State gets another really tough test, uh, going on the road for another Pac-12 South crossover game. Uh, at utah which enters the year ranked number seven so they open the month of october october 1st at rice eccles stadium that place is going to be electric i'll be there uh i'm I'm really excited to see that place i know that that student section is insane and and you know they're probably going to sell out every game this year after their rose bowl run last year i'll start this one I'll, i'll throw it off to angie here i i think we all kind of have a similar read on this one but um let's let's hear your opinion
1: I, I just, I think Utah, I, I picked Utah to win the Pac, PAC 12. So um, I think this is a solid team. Whittingham always has them ready. Um, love their, I love, you know, Cam Rising. I think he's a great quarterback. I, I don't think the Beavers can, I think it's road game. I think those are tough regardless. So um, I actually have this as a, a loss for Oregon State.
2: Yeah, it's like we um, are married or something. Uh, we
1: never talk football. <laughs> never.
2: I'm in agreement, you know, returning quarterback on the road, road games are, if you're 50 50 on the road, that's a great, that's a solid, solid year. Um, Against a team that's, you know, like you said, Carter, ranked number seven preseason legitimately, I think returning starter, um, solid coach uh, altitude. So, you know, home field advantage. Um, If, if Oregon state pulls this game out, could be an amazing season. um, Theoretically, but I don't see it at this point. Um, and I, call, I think it's going to be, they're not going to
0: win. Oregon State, of course, did pull it off last year at Reese. Yeah. They were the only Pac 12 team to beat Utah. And, you know, I think on paper, a lot of people think that last year's Utah team might be better than this year just because of you look at some of the talent they lost. I mean, Devin Lloyd um, was yeah. one of the best linebackers in the country, a first round draft pick. Um, they lose some other playmakers for that from that team, But most of the offense is still intact. Mm-hmm. That defensive line is still intact. So I don't see Utah dropping off as much as uh, some other people are. And I think they really earned um, a lot of respect across the college football world last year. I you think know. you've you've seen you know Utah really be predicted to to be a contender for the the college football playoff. and to Eric's point about them being deserving of that number seven ranking, um I think it says a lot that you know Utah is entering the year as a top ten team. Uh, in, in both of the polls. So yeah. everybody else... makes a good
2: point in the chat that they'll want the you to want some payback too. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was yeah. their one, their one loss a conference loss was to Oregon state and
0: better yeah. circle
2: in that game. I can, I can guarantee you
0: if it was, if it, it was a home game for Oregon state, yeah. I still don't know that I would necessarily predict a win, but I think it makes it all the more winnable. If you're playing at or yeah. obviously we saw that come to fruition last year. That was when luke musgrave blocked that punt and returned it for a touchdown oh. that was the loudest i've heard reese in a long long time um but you're gonna get you know rice Eccles. it's gonna be louder than that on every play yeah. uh, you're playing at altitude utah is is you know just a, a physical brutal team to play against and and i don't think oregon state comes out of that one with a win so that's that's kind of the you know oregon state's schedule i think is really front-loaded uh, and that wraps up the first five games, which I think is where Oregon State faces its toughest tests. Uh, as we move into here to really almost the, the second half of the season, I think you start to see a lot more favorable matchups. And, and the first one of those that uh, that comes after Utah is a road game at Stanford. Another one that I already have my flight booked. I'll be there for for Beaver Blitz October 8th. Uh, at, at Stanford Stadium, which is basically a home game for Oregon State. <laughs> yeah. um, I expect that I, I will see a lot more orange than Cardinal down there. Um, a, a team that Oregon State finally you know got over the hump and and, and beat last year after a decade long losing streak. I'll start this one off with with my prediction. I think Oregon State wins this. Um, I'm I think generally lower on Stanford than than some other people. Stanford in, in my opinion, across the board was was one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 last year. Their record largely reflected that. Uh, and and I don't think that they've really done much to improve. I, I know at quarterback they're set, uh, but outside of that, I, j- I just don't see enough talent on that roster to compete uh, in the Pac-12 at the level that obviously we've all become so accustomed to, to Stanford competing at. So I see this being another disappointing year for Stanford, and I think Oregon State gets its first road win of the year on October 8th.
1: Eric, you want yeah,
2: me? yeah, I would agree with you, Carter. Um, I'm hopeful Stanford's back in the in the 2000s uh, era when yes, you go down to their stadium and there's about 5,000 Stanford fans and 10,000 uh, visiting fans, um, and it's and a ticket costs 10 bucks um, <laughs> off of StubHub. But uh, yeah, three and nine last year, they did not look good uh, almost in any aspect. Um, you're right. What, what have they, have they improved something? I, you know, David Shaw has done a nice job there and, and somehow kept them at a very high level, you know, early, for a while. Um, I don't know how, <laughs> I've never personally been that impressed with the way he coaches, but they do get some athletes. They get, they get these huge receivers. They get these huge tight ends that are uber athletic. And uh, that's always posed a problem for Oregon state. And um you know, it doesn't seem like they have quite that anymore. Um, so I think we, I think Oregon state pulls out a win uh, down there.
1: Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with a W as well. Just this is not Stanford of, you know, earlier in this decade. Um, and I, I, I do, I think Oregon state is, it's going to match up well with them. I think Oregon state's defense from what I've seen is we're going to see that fast physical defense that maybe we saw 10, 15 years ago from Oregon state and, um, it's going to give Stanford fits. So um, I, I think the swagger's back on that defensive side of the ball, and it's going to help Oregon State a lot this season. So I'm going with the W-2.
0: Stanford is one of the the few programs, I think, that has actually really been hurt by the transfer portal era, the early signing period. As far as admissions to that university goes, um, it is very difficult for them to bring in transfers because you have to be admitted to the graduate school. And it's very difficult for them to to bring in student athletes in the early signing period because they don't admit students until, you know, the like January, February of that year. So their recruiting actually has kind of tailed off. Um, I I think they rebounded last year, if I remember correctly.
1: Well, and the other thing that they do, I mean, they get these really smart kids, but a lot of those kids are done in three years. So then they can transfer when maybe they're at the peak of their career. So that's the other thing too. Their guys are going out, but guys aren't coming in.
0: I, th- I think the, you know, kind of the I, I do wouldn't necessarily call it a downfall, but you know, the down years we have seen at Stanford have really correlated with the implementation of of some of those two new things in college football, uh, you know, that have that have really impacted the uh, the personnel side of things. But Oregon State returns home from its two week road trip road trip on October fifteenth for a game against Washington State and. I just mentioned that Oregon state snapped a a decade long losing streak to Stanford. It did the same thing against Washington, Uh, you know, snapped a 50 year losing streak at the, the Coliseum last year. All of these things came to an end, but the one that Oregon state just cannot get past is this losing streak against Washington state, another land grant school in the Pacific Northwest out in the middle of farm town, you know, small college town, all of these similarities except Washington state just has outplayed Oregon state on the field uh, for really close to a decade now. And um, I, I, I just, I think Oregon state the last couple of years has lost a couple of games that it felt it should have won Uh, two years ago. it, It kept them out of a bowl game. And I think this, this year, Oregon state is decidedly the better team and at home, I would hope that the Beavers can take care of this business, business against the
1: Cougs. So, so you're going with w? I'm, I'm
0: picking a win here.
1: I am too. W for sure. Um, I, I feel like last year too, was a, as a game that I, I don't even think the team lost so much as the play calling down the stretch. The offensive play calling was horrendous. Um, so no, I think um, Oregon state pulls off a win. It's a home game. It's a, it's a win.
2: Yeah. I see the same thing. I mean, Washington state, you know, new coach although he was there for 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 much of the last year kind of a feel-good story there with um him being promoted uh but new new quarterback lost uh, delora left they're bringing a new quarterback i see that most pundits have them ranked higher than oregon state um yeah, yeah. home game <laughs> oregon state you know first yeah. of two first of two in a row at home coming off of uh, Stanford, which hopefully was it will be a win. You know, I see them rolling in the back into of with some mojo and and getting that yeah that decade long WSU monkey off off their backs.
1: I mean, dude, yeah. it's the Cougs. We they've got to win. Yeah.
0: I mean, Eric, you you mentioned this home field advantage, and I think for so long, you know, Reaser hasn't been near forty five thousand fans, and yeah. and it won't be this year, of course, with. You know, right. only half of the stadium in operation, but Oregon State didn't lose a game at home last year. And so whatever, you know, there there is something there to this home field advantage. And so it's this this year to, you know, to pick all of these home games as wins. I don't think it's far fetched.
2: No. And, and yeah, Carter, I think exactly. I mean, people overlook. I don't think people overlook it. I think fans overlook the advantages of home field and the difficulties of going on the road because home field. It's you know, you're sleeping in your own bed. You're, you're having your same routine. You go on the road; it's a new place, different routine, um, and it shows. Best teams in the in the country don't win 100 percent of their road games. If they win 50 to 75, that's a great year typically. And um, so, you know, conversely, Oregon State should win their home games at this point, and because uh, it's harder for for the WSUs to to, to do that.
0: Washington State and Oregon State, I think, are two teams that are going to be battling for taking that next leap in in the Pac-12 standings. I think two programs that are on the rise, you know, Oregon State, of course, coming from a lower floor, Washington State just, you know, had some turbulence the last couple of years, and I I think they're kind of getting back on track under Coach Dickert. So, Mm -hmm. This game, I, I could see being the decisive factor in which team finishes fourth and which team finishes fifth or, you know, which is fifth, which is sixth. I, I think it'll have some bowl implications in that way. Um, but I do see Oregon State with the win here. Oregon State's last game before its bye week comes on October 22nd. This is another home game. So Oregon State with two home games in a row uh, to, to finish out October Colorado comes to town as as my pick to be the worst team in the Pac-12 this year. I see Arizona leaping them, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think Arizona played really hard for Jed Fish and, and is going to surprise some people this year. But uh, Colorado, uh, I mean, this is a game Oregon State should have won last year, and it's the game that, that got Tim Tibisar fired. Before I make my pick, which <laughs> I, I think is, is very obvious, I'm, I'm going to pass this off to one of you guys.
2: Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, how many games late was that firing? Um, <laughs> Carl Durrell it, couldn't win at USCLA. I don't see how he wins at Colorado. They were their record was, you know, they're four and eight last year. I think they were a little tougher than that. They took what AM to the wire. Yeah. Um, lost early. Um,
1: that was in Boulder though.
2: It was in, it was a neutral. Well, it was in Denver, wasn't
1: it? Oh, Denver. It? Okay.
2: Denver. Yeah. Um, but he couldn't win at UCLA with all of their talent. And I didn't see anything. And defensive, you know, minded at some level, no offense. Um. And, and yeah, we, Oregon State at this point in the season, Um. that, you know, that should be two straight wins, third straight win with, with Colorado.
1: I'm just going to say, predict. buff. Buffs are bad. That's it. B A B buffs are bad. these win. That's my Lee Corso.
0: That's all. That's all. <laughs> that's put on all. The, the put Tell on you. the Oregon State headgear. Angie, go and full Orange. Lee Corso on us.
1: Going Corso. Are you are gonna yeah, give a not mean, so fast. Or are you gonna agree?
0: Uh, I there's there's no not so fast <laughs> oh, wait, here. I, I I think, would,
1: if I'm Corso, I need yeah. the not so fast.
0: Outside of Montana State, this should be the most potential, this should have the, the biggest potential for a blowout win. I could see Oregon state winning this by 28 points or, or more. I, I just yeah. think Colorado is that bad. Uh, the only reason Oregon state didn't win last year was because the defense at that point was, was just so brutally bad. I, I think, you know, if, if we're being completely honest, Oregon state's defense was just terrible in that game. Uh, Colorado won- game too. Yeah, yeah. Colorado had two.
2: I mean, little things,
0: but yeah. yeah the, the buffaloes had one of the worst offenses in in the entire country last year uh and Oregon State let them score about 35 and and of course that game went to overtime and
1: uh, just
0: it, it really was a it was it was a a real letdown. I, I think Oregon like I said, State was really
1: Buffalo's good offense game. was so bad it got Tim Tibbazar fired finally yes <laughs>
2: finally right but yeah yeah we, that we should not see that this year. It's going to be a completely different game on both sides of the ball. Uh, in Colorado, I expect to be you know, improved, but um, I agree with you, Carter. This should be the game that this could be a game where it's not super close.
0: After that, Oregon State goes on a bye week. It'll be a, a nice little week off for, for everyone. Uh, I think the bye week comes at a great time. You know, you're entering the final, the home stretch it's right before October, get some guys healthy. Um, so I, I think that comes at a good time. We'll get to the the second part of the conference schedule here in just a second, but I want to remind everyone beaverblitz.com is the place to be during Oregon state's football season. We have so much great content planned this year. Angie and I actually just met on FaceTime the other day to, to plan things out. Uh, we've got our daily, you know, content plan. Um, good to go. We'll both be in Corvallis on Monday for Jonathan Smith's presser. We'll have all sorts of stuff coming from that. Uh, interviews with the offensive and defensive coordinators and, and players throughout the week. and then our staff picks on Friday. Peter and Raju, um, we were hoping to get them on the pod this week. We'll have them send their their predictions um, when we're done and, and we'll get that up on the site. But they we expect we'll have a, a, at least a couple of smackdowns from them this year. Of course, one of the the fan favorites. Uh, on beaver blitz but throughout the season nobody's going to have more content than than beaverblitz.com uh you know our whole staff is going to be hard at work and we're gearing up for what should be what we think could be a pretty special oregon state football season
1: gonna surprise some people
0: The Beavers return to action to begin the month of November on a Friday night in Seattle. This is Oregon State's one Friday game of the year. Uh, originally, the the season finale was was also scheduled for a Friday, but that Oregon game has been bumped to Saturday. So, uh, the the one Friday night game this year comes November fourth at Washington. It's a seven thirty p.m. kickoff. It's going to be freezing. It's going to be wet. It's going to be windy. And it's going to be pretty hostile. I, I think the weather and, and the fans up there in Seattle, that combination is, is not going to make this a fun game for Oregon State to play. Uh, so I'm curious, because I think Oregon State's the better team here, I, I'm curious if you guys think that those kind of a- outside factors uh, make up for some of the deficiencies that the Huskies have uh, entering 22.
1: I, it, You know, if Oregon State was not coming off a bye, I might feel differently. But I think the bye, I think being Jonathan Smith's former team, um, that he spent so many years up in Seattle. Um, I think this one's going to be some motivation factor and with that bye week I think they spend a little extra time. I think it will be tough. I think it'll be hostile and I think it could go either way, but I do think the Beavers are going to come out and surprise the Huskies on this one.
2: Yeah, I do like the bye, um, but I don't like the road game. Um, you know, I think, we have five. I'm just looking at this. We're say State has five road games this year. Um d- depending on where you you dub is at this point in the season, and they're you know, they were four and eight last year. I think they'll be improved, so the fans will be back to some degree or, or more engaged. Um, I'm gonna call a, a loss. I do like the buy for us. I think it's probably gonna be a close game, but right now, um Road game, night game, Friday night. Like you said, bad weather. Um, I'm calling on, calling A out.
0: Little windy on the back porch there, Andy.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> what what's your take? Uh, does Oregon State go in. up to? Yeah, does Oregon State go up to Seattle and pull this one off or? Uh, is is Washington improved enough, and, and is that environment hostile enough to to hold the Beavers at bay? Oh,
1: I, I'm calling a win. Okay. I think the bye week, I think that's the difference maker. I think the Huskies are way improved, um, but I just don't think they're quite there yet, especially at quarterback.
0: Chris Conrad says in the YouTube chat, shout out again to, to everyone watching us live on YouTube. We really appreciate the support that we've gotten there in, in recent weeks, uh, numbers through the roof, and, and we, uh, we really thank you guys for that. Without Jimmy Lake, I think UW will be a lot better," says Chris Conrad. I wouldn't be surprised if the dogs go eight and four. Some of the metrics out there, and and, and you know some of the media, the folks out there that are you know voting on preseason polls and, and ESPN with its FPI, pretty high on UW, and I can see why. You know, there's some talent there. There's Washington has recruited very well for a long time. Uh, they bring in a, a proven coach in Kalen DeBoer, a, a proven winner. You know, at the NAIA level, he won something like 60 games uh, with like five losses, something crazy like that. And led Fresno state to a couple of good seasons, had some success at Indiana as offensive coordinator. He brings in Michael Penix jr. At at quarterback from Indiana uh, who he named as as the starting quarterback dual threat ability. I'm curious to see what he brings to that offense. I don't know if the Huskies are going to show dramatic improvements on that side of the ball, Uh, But it would be tough for them to be as bad as they had been in the last couple of years under a staff that that pretty much, I mean, to be honest, it looked like it didn't even know what it was doing on the offensive side of the ball. So I do think the Huskies are going to be better. I've kind of touched on the environment up there just being really tough. Um, Oregon State last year needed a last second field goal to beat a Washington team that was really down. Oregon State historically hasn't had a ton of success against the Huskies, and I think you just add all of those factors together, and it makes for a pretty tough game on the road. I I do like that the Beavers get a bye week right before. Oregon State has really played Washington tough under Jonathan Smith's leadership. I don't know how much of that comes back to his familiarity with the program, Um, but at some point, you know that that familiarity doesn't mean too much when the guys that you recruited aren't even there anymore. So. This year, I, I I do see Washington winning this game, getting back to its winning ways in the series, but I think Oregon State has a, a pretty good shot of pulling off this win. Um, again, as far as road wins go, um, I, I still think Stanford's the most winnable. This is probably the second most winnable, but I am going to pick the Huskies here. After that Friday night trip to Seattle, the Beavers returned to Corvallis for their penultimate home game of the year, a November 12th matchup against Cal. Who wants to start this one off?
1: Eric, you want to go? Sure, Cal. Cal.
2: August Day should always be Cal at home. (laughs) 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 You know, at this point, Cal's, what's Wilcox in his 20th year there? Um, Feels like he's been there forever. (laughs) Probably too many years, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you know, and... and
1: But they have no money to buy him out, so... (laughs)
2: Yeah, they're they have a lot of issues, I think. Um they went five and seven last year, you know, competitive in, in most of it. Um but road game for them, home game for Oregon State. Uh Oregon State, in my prediction, coming off a tough, tough loss at, at UW Dub is gonna have, you know, be refocused and comes back at rooster over Cal with a win.
1: Okay. I yeah, Cal, I mean, they just lost their star defensive lineman. He's out for the season. So, um, you know, I, I I think I'm predicating a lot of my predictions on how strong I think the Beaver defense is going to be. Um, and I think this is a defensive battle in in some regards. But um, by this point in the season, I think Chance, Nolan, I think the running game is going. I think Damian Martinez is the starter by this point, and he's running through people. Um I think it's closer than Beaver fans want this Cal game to be. It's going to be family weekend in Corvallis, so it'll be busy. Um I think it's going to be, like I said, closer than Beaver fans and the media think it will be, but I think Oregon State it it t- it takes off an, another win just a close a close a close win for the Beavers.
0: You mentioned the defensive battle and I think it's interesting to look at the scores of the last few matchups. We think of Oregon State's defense as as being borderline abysmal at times over the last couple of years, and, and certainly, you know, not good, but year in and year out, Oregon state and, and Cal have gotten into these defensive battles where it's first to 21 points wins first to 28 wins. Um, which I think is only a testament to the struggles that the golden bears have had offensively under coach Wilcox. And, and it's part of the reason that I am very surprised that he is still, uh, you know, at the helm in Berkeley. I don't think Cal is going to get any better offensively this year, losing Chase Garbers, uh, you know, losing some of the the wide receiving playmakers that he's had to his disposal recently. I, I see Cal taking a step backward offensively. I, I think defensively, they're always going to be good with Wilcox there and, and they recruit well to the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I don't see Oregon state, you know, like scoring a ton of points against them, but I, I do see Oregon state, probably having one of its best defensive performances of the year in this game. And and like Eric said, I I mean, to be honest, Oregon State should probably beat a program like Cal at home most of the time. Um, With most of these games, again, you don't have to go far back to where that hasn't happened. But um, the Beavers have had success against Cal pretty recently. Last year's game should have been a win, if not for the defensive struggles for Oregon State. And I think it's a win that a win again this year. The Beavers then make their final road trip of the year on November 19th, taking the, uh, taking the flight down to Arizona state and go into the desert in November. Not a bad road trip, not a bad time to go to Arizona, particularly because, you know, weather aside, I think it's a great time to go down to Tempe because who knows what the Sun Devil (laughs) program is going to look like on November 19th.
1: Yeah, Will they have coaches? Will there be players? Um, I, I just think going to Tempe, the Beavers seem to struggle for whatever reason. Um, when it's not a bowl game in Tempe, they struggle. So, um, But I agree. You said that you thought Colorado um, and Washington State? No. Who Colorado and Arizona. Worst? Arizona were the two worst. I, I think ASU could be right there just because yeah. of the shambles that their program is in. Um, part of me is picking a loss on this one. Um, because I just, I think the Sun Devils are going to be wanting revenge after the having to come to Corvallis for the past fifty-seven years in a row. But um,
0: it really has. I mean, three. I mean, three, three years three, in a row. Arizona State has come in to November. Corvallis. That happens November. very, very rarely. Yeah.
1: Um, I just like like you said. So much of this depends on what kind of shape this program's in by that point. I mean, they could all be just packed it in by that point, and the Beavers would roll. So. Um, I'm going with a win.
0: All right.
1: I was going to go with loss because that one is, that was the one, that one right there has been my back and forth because I really don't know how to, how to, how to gauge that one because yeah. of so many unknowns. But I'm going well, to, yeah, exactly. There. I
2: mean, right now, now we're getting an almost silly season, right? Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. so many weeks out and who knows what, what the Sun Devils look like and Herm Edwards if he's still there by then. I'm surprised he's still there now, given all the, off season turmoil but they do have a a, a quarterback that they've named uh, who has a lot of experience um from Florida and um you know if they could be an eight and four nine and three team theoretically um you know last year they were they're eight and five um so they could you know they can they can do that. Um somehow herm Edwards gets these guys to play for him um and has enough Football knowledge that um, translates to victories for the most part. But again, uh, it's a road game. Um, I, yeah, the weather and all that won't be an issue. It'll be November, probably a night game. Um, but I, Oregon State has historically played poorly at in Tempe, um, even on great years. You know, we've we've been down there when they should have won. They're favored to win. And something happened and they lost. Um, so right now I'm calling it a calling it a loss.
1: Now, if you dress up Notre Dame in ASU costumes and uniforms <laughs> okay. down in Tempe, then you I'd say beaver's win. And call it the Fiesta Bowl or the Insight yes. Bowl. but
2: Or the Insight Bowl, yes. <laughs> so call it either one.
1: <laughs> call it. Okay, Carter, what do you think?
0: Yeah, so Eric's predicting that the ghosts of uh, of Eno Benjamin running for 300 yards are, are oh, going to no. are gonna haunt the beavers down there. You say it's a toss-up, but you're going with the beavers. I, I think that, you know, Angie, you mentioned that you have one toss-up game that you keep going back and forth with in your mind. For me, that's Washington. I've been going back and forth, and that was the very last game that I picked uh, when I was preparing for this show. Um, of course, I ended up going with a loss there. And when I made that that pick, I said, if Oregon State's gonna lose a road game against Washington or, you know, Stanford, it's gonna make up for it somewhere. I, I have confidence that this team is is too good at this point to lose multiple coin flip type games on the road. I think this year, if if they really are gonna take that next step, this is the the year where you expect 100%. them to win some of those games. And I think they get this one at ASU. And I'm comfortable predicting it just because. I don't necessarily know that it's more likely than not that Herm Edwards is fired by then. And, you know, the locker rooms and shambles, but I do think that's a realistic possibility. And we've seen a lot of preseason predictions come out picking Arizona state to finish in the bottom third of the conference. And I think they're taking that possibility into account. Um, I know ESPN just actually released its power rankings for the PAC 12 and it had ASU as low as uh, I believe ninth or 10th. So the, you know, the 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 floor is very low for ASU because there's a possibility that this program is just in shambles by November. The ceiling, I think, you know, this this team has such a wide range of possible outcomes. I could see Arizona State winning eight games and competing for a Pac-Twelve title, you know, if if they live up to their potential. And to Eric's point, Herm Edwards has done nothing but produce results, even when he's been counted out at ASU. Um, But I do think that it's winnable for Oregon state. I think late in the season, Oregon state's going to have a lot to play for this year. So there might be a little more late season, end of season motivation than in years past. And I think Oregon state goes down to the desert uh, and and pulls off a win that maybe not a ton of people might see coming, especially if ASU is, is as good as it could be.
1: Do you think Jonathan, so if the Beavers are having as good of a season as, as we kind of all are predicting, do you think one of the hot, toughest thing for, things for Coach Smith is keeping the guys focused and, and on, eye on the prize? Or do you think they will stub their toe down the stretch?
0: I think Oregon State is just locked in this year. Yeah, the too. veteran presence that the Beavers have, I mean, they just named six captains. They've never done that before. It's always been limited to four. Um, we, have, we have heard time and time again from the staff and from the players that this is a player-led program and that, you know cohesiveness in the locker room is always one of their strengths. We've heard this in the last couple of years, actually, but this year I think we've seen it the most. Um, This really is a a team that is led by a bunch of fifth and sixth year guys. And I think seventh, even with Jaden Grant. (laughs) Grant. Um, So I think that, you know, that extra COVID year, this is the year where you're starting to see that um, really, really take effect as far as player leadership goes. And so I see this team being locked in week in and week out all 13 weeks of the regular season, you know, by week included. uh, And and I see the Beavers playing very disciplined down the stretch. And of course they end the regular season. They wrap things up on November 25th at home with rival Oregon coming into town. Oregon is the third ranked team on Oregon State's schedule right now, as things stand in the preseason AP poll, both of their mountain West opponents actually received votes, but, um, but as far as actually cracking the top twenty-five, Oregon uh, is is the third and final team there. Checking in at number eleven. It's a rivalry game, so anything can happen. So I'm assuming we're probably going to be all over the board on these predictions.
1: <laughs> it's a rivalry game. I.
2: <laughs> is there any other prediction? I mean, is there any other on? way to
1: go, Carter? Come on, <laughs> Beavers by hundred. Come on. <laughs> I, I picture this goal line stand. Tristan Jebia trots out runs, comes
0: back <laughs> comes back.
1: No, um, no, I think this is going to be a, a great game. Um, and since I have the Beavers actually losing two games and if the ducks are like, well, you as a duck fan, and they're going to like have plus five wins because Georgia should count as like five wins. So they're going to be like 15 and O coming into this game. Um, this could be huge. I mean, honestly, if, if, if my, my prediction that Oregon state has lost to Utah and Fresno state early in the season, Oregon state will be ranked game day, game day, baby. It could Ooh. be, it could be big. I, like I don't it. know. I don't know if it game day. Cause that's, that's always big rivalry weekend, but um, I, I don't know enough about Dan Lanning. I, I think he'll be good. I think he's better than Mario because I didn't like Mario. So um and and we know i base things on who i like but um, i think i think oregon did not perform as well as they could under mario um i still think it's going to be a tight tight game but home game this is where the home field comes into play um i'm going with a very close maybe even an overtime upset over oregon in this in the game formerly known as civil war
2: all right eric yes um You know, overrated as always, again, Dan Lanning might be a great guy. He has no head coaching experience. Mario Cristobal had plenty of head coaching experience. And, you know, and translated that in 10-4 season last year. Um, uh, Ducks have, what, new quarterback? Um, They have a lot of new pieces, actually. And, uh, I mean, this is end of the season. It's a rivalry game. But... Home field, it's kind of gone back and forth uh, a bit lately, um, seems like. But, um, yeah, Oregon State gets the the W.
1: The the chess match between Lanning and and Smith. I'm taking Smith right now because we don't know enough about Lanning.
0: For those who are watching us on YouTube, you can see that I'm wearing glasses right now. Pretty translucent. (laughs) I don't see a whole lot of orange on there. Uh, I'm not I'm not wearing orange colored glasses today, guys. I'm I, I think I've I've picked more losses than than either of you, and those orange colored glasses come in handy when you're picking a rivalry game. But I'm not wearing them today. I, I I think Oregon is still the better team here. I know that anything can happen in a rivalry game. I know that Oregon State's beat the Ducks two of the last five years, but Oregon's a better team. I, I think they have the potential to win. 10 games this year you know if if dan lanning is as good of an x's and o's coach um as we think he could be you know obviously he took georgia to to some pretty extreme heights defensively um he's gonna yeah, have a lot of georgia talent.
1: have you seen georgia's athletes no i know, <laughs> uh, no, I know. And, and
0: and that's where i'm going with this I, I think he has the talent at oregon to make a lot out of that um one thing that i always worried about you know as you know from an oregon state perspective one thing i worried about is you know, Oregon has recruited really well, but they haven't been able to develop that talent and haven't found ways to put that talent in positions to be successful. Well, Lanning is known for being a great X's and O's coach. You know, he, he was devising these great defensive schemes down at Georgia and he brought in a staff that has a lot of experience. Maybe he makes the most of what Mario Cristobal left behind recruiting wise. And, you know, that, that cupboard's pretty full. And so if if he comes in right away and, and implements a scheme that works pretty well, I think Oregon could win a lot of games. I still think it's a winnable game for Oregon State. I think every single game on this schedule is winnable, except for maybe that one at Utah. I'm picking Oregon to win it just because, I you know, I, I don't see Oregon State beating all three of those uh, tough teams. I, I don't even see them beating more than one of them. I, I've got the Beavers losing this
1: Yuck. one. Chris Conrad saying if Bo Nix is their starting QB, I like our chances.
0: I don't think Bo Nix will be the starting quarterback at the end of the year. I I think Ty Thompson gets a shot before then Bo Nix is is really just the second coming of Anthony Brown, you know, a, a guy who has dual threat ability, but is really inconsistent through the air. Um, Oregon fans were calling for Anthony Brown's job last year, you know, halfway through and, um, I think a lot of them are, are looking at Bo Nix and remembering what he did to them when he was at Auburn in, in that season opening game and, and beat them as a true freshman and, and thinking back to to that version of him. But in reality, um, he actually hasn't been much better than Anthony Brown was. So I, I think we see Ty Thompson in, in this game, to be honest.
1: OK. And are you picking the L.
0: I am. Dan Laney tired. was
2: a graduate assistant seven years ago. He's not the second coming of
1: anybody. <laughs> but Oregon fan, Jonathan Smith Oregon was, was
0: a, a GA not too long ago in was, the early,
2: like 05, in
1: early
2: 2000s he was a GA in early two thousand at Oregon State in two thousand and three. Dan Lanning was a was a GA in twenty fifteen.
0: I, I do think that Oregon is banking on him. Being, yes, to being, your point, the second amazing. coming of Lincoln Riley, where you yeah, take absolutely. a shot on a young coordinator yes. and, who had and a lot of success. He maybe he
2: order. does. You know, and if he is, they hit, you know, lightning in a the bottle. But you. the odds are low, especially his first year as a head coach, that he's going to piece everything together and, and get a 10-win season. So. Yeah.
0: More often than not, I think those risks play out to being nothing more than, you know, a status quo. This isn't a coach who's going to come in right away and, and even eventually um you know be a be a Lincoln Riley type, you know, those those types of coaches, Sean McVay in the NFL, you know, these young guys that immediately have success. Um for every coach out there that has a ton of success, there's a coach that doesn't. And they're all young at one point in their career. So um it is hard to predict that. But that brings our, our predictions to a close. We're we're well over an hour here. So we've we've gone past our, our hour mark which we usually um strive for. So we're not going to get into the superlatives and you know the the ceiling and floor predictions that that I had planned if we had time for it but I do want to recap our our projected records here so I've been keeping track we're going to hold I'm going to hold Angie to to her really two, really baby. uh her really out two. there prediction Whoa, Is that what it was
1: ten Angie's and
0: two. yeah Angie Angie's <clears throat> record came out to 10 and 2 uh 8 and 1 in impact 12 play and then 2 <laughs> and 1 in the non conference Eric's got the beeves going eight and four, six and three in Pac-12, and, and two yep. and one as well in non-conference. I've got the beeves at two and one uh, in, in non-conference as well. So we're all we're all in agreement there, but it's the Pac-12 records that separate us. I have Oregon State at seven and five overall, five and four in the Pac-12. And had we had time for the the floor and, and ceiling predictions, um, I, I would have put out there that I think the floor is seven and five. I, I don't think Oregon State's yeah. any worse than seven and five. The ceiling might not quite be ten and two, in my opinion, but it's it's up there. I, I think Oregon State could win nine games this year. I think, I year. think
1: the, the biggest thing is I think I think you look at at Utah, maybe USC, just because of their talent. I I don't yeah. think they're 14th in the country, good, but they just have so much talent. In Oregon, I think those three are kind of up here, and then you have this big chunk in the middle that could kind of go either way, and then you have Colorado and ASU or Arizona and maybe ASU, kind of down yeah. there at the bottom dwelling.
0: Seven and five from me, 10 and two from Angie, eight and four from Eric. We all see Oregon State going bowling again. Some of us see Oregon State competing for a Pac-12 title. I think it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, and obviously, Carter,
1: you're staying home if they do.
0: Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Not going to Vegas? (laughs) Anything that's, can that's happen. That. that's the
2: best thing yeah, about preseason, right? That's
0: my punishment for uh for picking, for picking Oregon to only win seven games. That's 12 and 0 Oregon. is in the oh, realm you, of
2: possibility. You,
1: you pick Oregon, man. You're staying home, dude.
0: <laughs> hey, I am trying to be as realistic as possible. Nice and I've, I've got I've gotta pick wins, I've gotta pick losses. Um seven and five for me. Again, Andrew's got 10 and 2, Eric eight and four. Yeah. That brings see, go you know, ahead. I just see a
2: small stepping stone this year. Um, Continued building by Jonathan uh, for the program. If he, you know, yes, ceiling 10 and two is very, is possible. Uh, Floor six and six, seven and five. But yeah, keeping the momentum going forward.
0: At the end of the day, we all see Oregon State taking another step forward this year. The fact that we're talking about the floor being a bull team, yeah. you know, obviously Oregon State last year cracked a streak of nearly a decade without going to a bull. So that's tangible progress there that that we don't see Oregon State um, being any worse than six and six. Uh, and, and the fact that we're talking about Oregon State as a 10 and two team potentially with. You know, I think a level of of realism to that. I, I don't think Angie's 10 and 2 prediction is really that far out there, um, even though it is, you know, on no, the higher end. A little end. bit. Um, it, it it is a little optimistic. But again, you know, Oregon State's internal goals are to be a nine-win, 10-win team and, and compete for the Pac-12 title. But that brings our prediction pod to an episode. We want to thank everybody for watching us live on YouTube. And of course, if you're listening to us on the audio version. Uh, clearly you did something right and, and, found our new feed. Um, I heard from a couple of people that they've struggled to find that. So if you're listening, listening to us on the podcast side, please help spread the word, uh, that we have switched feeds and you can now find us at, uh, the damn podcast with the subtitle "An Oregon state athletics podcast. Uh, if you see that 24 seven branding at the, at the bottom of our cover art, you've found the correct one. So thank you for, for, um, sticking with us through this transition of the 24 seven sports podcast network. And I want to thank Eric of course, for, for joining Angie and I for this week's episode, hopefully we'll have you on at some point throughout the season. We've, we've had fun with the guests that we brought on the last couple of weeks and um, always good to get the other Beaver Blitz staffers on the show. (laughs) We are going to publish these predictions along with those from Raju Woodward, Peter Riley Osborne, uh, maybe even JP you know, we'll get the uh, the whole Beaver Blitz staff on board. And of course, we'll make our weekly predictions on Fridays as part of our in-season content, which is another reason why you should head to beaverblitz.com. But Angie and I will be back on Thursday for another episode of the Damn Podcast. We're going Sunday and Thursday throughout the season. And until then, you can follow her at Angie machado One. You can follow me at Carter Baines, and we'll talk to you on Thursday for another episode of the Damn Podcast. <music>